Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You know why this is going to be hard for me? Because you like talking too much. I do like talking so much. I, <laughs> yeah, I like talking too. That's why we're here. It is why we're here. That's absolutely why we're here. Do you think that this is totally self-indulgent for us to do this podcast? Yes, but in the best way. I'm just so nervous. I'm so nervous because it's like I don't want anyone to think that we think we're experts at all. We're oh, not. my God. I'm, like, terrified that someone will think I know anything about anything. Yeah. Actually. Or like, I don't even know if you can even be happy. I really don't know. Is happiness even possible? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think so. For those of you just joining us for the first time, congratulations. You're everyone because this is the first episode. (laughs) And speaking of matters of the heart, it's probably been too long since I made that pun about my last name. But that's fine. I think you should make it as often as possible. Excellent. Speaking of matters of the heart. Have I told you that I've already written my speech I'm going to say at your wedding? What? Yes. Well, I only have the first line, but (gasps) it goes like this. It is fitting that Hannah's last name is Hart because she has the biggest one. Oh, my God. (laughs) So she's like, hurry up and get married already. I'm working on it, dude. You know, stay tuned. Winking. (laughs) Speaking of love and marriage, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. And you guys know what that means. That means processing all of your... Stupid (laughs) stuff. Processing all of your past relationships one more time, as if the first 500,000 million billion times weren't enough. But specifically, we're not going to be talking about relationships themselves, cohabitating, boundaries, etc. No, this episode is about fucking your ex. Yep. Yeah. Or not fucking your ex. Or not. Is that a thing people do? I just got worried that someone in my family is going to listen to this and hear me say the word fuck. (gasps) That's how sheltered my family is. (laughs) You know, I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know, people get compelled to have sex with an ex because it's something that you've, you know, done quite a few times. I mean, I feel like it's never a good idea, really. I feel like usually it happens... Almost immediately after the breakup. Mm. And because usually maybe two people are living together. Mm-hmm. They're still living in the same city. Mm. Luckily for me, I was just banished to a whole <laughs> other county. <laughs> so I didn't have this issue. No, no, no. Uh, I wasn't banished. It's just dragging things out it a little is longer. Dragging out pain and 
like holding on yep. and yep. I just don't think it's ever really a good idea. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes it could be cathartic. Sometimes you're just having break up sex, which is you're in the process of breaking up, meaning you guys are getting in fights, resolving those fights, et cetera, et cetera. The relationship is slowly dying <laughs> and yet you're still having sex with each other because... You know, that's for me, that's really the last thing to go. No two people in a relationship are ever like, we are both having breakup sex right now. Only one person is aware that it's breakup sex. Uh-oh. And then the other person's like, this is great. Or they're like, this is kind of tough, but we'll work it out. You know? I do. And now I feel bad. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of debate about having sex with your ex. Uh, some say it's good. Some say it's bad. The majority say sex at all, please. So the opinions on breakup sex vary, which is why we turn to social media to see what everybody's various opinions are. I tweeted out asking, oh, from my Twitter, that's Harto, H-A-R-T-O, in case you don't already know, asking people if they have ever had sex with an ex. Before I read these tweets, I want to say two things. One, thank you so much to everybody who tweeted out their very personal information publicly. I, yes. it, it didn't even occur to me that when I was asking people, like, tweet me about your breakup stories, that people could still have these other people in their lives. They didn't, like, direct message you. They just replied. They can't direct message Oh, they can't. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> I just replied. I know. That's so brave. So brave, right? Gosh. So I've chosen three, but I want to express my thanks to everybody who participated. Yeah, here we go. Our first tweet says, I was a bit of a tramp in my younger days, insofar as in the non-monogamy I participated in. I reacquainted with several exes. 99.99% of the instances were casual due to familiarity and the no investment. None of that let's get back together stuff. Okay, first of all, what does the word tramp even mean? Uh, <laughs> I take issue with this word. I would say you are not a tramp. You're just a person expressing yourself sexually or non-sexually in any way you please. Yeah. Somebody trying to control how you use your body is just them using power against you, man. Well, wait. Actually, I think this is a man who submitted this, possibly. Which yeah, is it is a man. interesting. Yeah. What, you don't think men can be tramps? I mean, yes. You but... don't think men worry about being tramps? No. Not at all. <laughs> no. Today on <laughs> Sweeping Generalizations. Please tweet to Anna if you are a man and you're like, I worry about being a tramp because... Somebody did. Oh, my God. This actually kind of makes me feel pretty positive about having sex with an ex because it was about familiarity and convenience and not about getting back together. It was more mm -hmm. like, hey, I've been a little lonely. You've been a little lonely. Let's hook up. So mm -hmm. it seems like it was a good thing. Yeah. I mean, if you can keep your boundaries and not. Yeah. I'm, I just don't understand. <laughs> You just don't see how it's possible. I feel like you have to be really just cool and also polyamorous and very self-possessed mm -hmm. and completely, maybe not completely, but just... Grounded. Really grounded. Mm -hmm. Really solid in your own knowing yourself. And in your and own... who is like that? Nobody. I don't know. This guy, apparently. <laughs> very solid and grounded in knowing yourself and your desires. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hannah, for an alternate perspective, uh, why don't you read the next tweet? Okay. This person says, horrible, do not recommend. My first boyfriend ever broke up with me because I wouldn't have sex with him. And then after we broke up, convinced me that if we did have sex, we'd get back together. And we didn't, obviously. 
and totally ruined my first time. The only time I ever slept with an ex. What wow. unparalleled douchiness. Wow. What unparalleled douchiness is right. The first time she slept with her boyfriend was when he was her ex-boyfriend. Oh, God. And it, he was manipulating her. Well, first of all, honey, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. That shouldn't have happened. And this is just total blanket manipulation on his part. Nobody should use uh, if this, then that. Unless they're saying, if we go to couples therapy, then I will be more ready for marriage. Um. <laughs> what? Oh, that uh, savors strongly of uh, bitterness, my love. <laughs> you know, well, just say it. Just say yeah. it. That's a big red flag. It's a big red flag, and it's also taking a big risk. If you're doing an action with another person with your body that you don't really want to do, that means it's coming from a place of like, guilt or like fear and that's no way to treat your body you gotta love your body and you gotta love yourself mm -hmm. so to this listener out there who i hope knows that this was for a podcast just want you to know that there are way better people out there who won't treat you like a kleenex <laughs> you know what this also makes me think of doing something with someone physical out of guilt it's it's weird it's bad for your body it's weird for your because, body you know what my amazing friend um, told me that your body and your consciousness are in a different journey. I think you rationally, you can be like, I don't need this person at all. I don't need anything to do with this person. But your body is like not there mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. I still think I have like nine cells in my body that are like, I kind of still want to be with my ex-boyfriend. You know? <laughs> and my brain's like, what are you talking about? But then they're just there. It's oh, like, yeah. it's like... It's like science. It's okay, like it's science. Not science. <laughs> it's chemistry. It's chemistry. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, spoiler alert, I've had sex with every ex I've ever had. <laughs> oh and God. not necessarily because I even like them You're still. You're so much more accomplished than I am. Accomplished? <laughs> well, well, we'll consider that. We have one more tweet left, and I, I chose this last one because I felt like it was pretty middle of the road. Our listener says, or this tweeter shared, our earbud has submitted. They didn't know they were earbuds at the time. We'll call them earbuds going forward. Anyway... This listener says, yes, a week after we broke up, it was horrible and emotional. Then we got back together eight months later and have been together for five years. What? I'm just going to be honest. I have no idea what's going on there. <laughs> I bet you didn't see that one coming. No. They've been together for five years. Isn't that nice? I guess I have this sort of unfair like bias or idea that if you are a couple that breaks up and gets back together... And then, for example, breaks up and then gets back together and breaks up and gets back together. I'm like, you guys are just, this isn't working. <laughs> but it's happened. And, you know, yeah. sometimes I guess it works. I think there's a difference between what this person's describing, which sounds like they broke up for eight months and then decided to be together, and the on-again, off-again relationship, which oh. is like, oh, every time we're both single, let's date. Oh, it's not working out. Is that a thing that happens? An yeah. on and off-again relationship? On-again and off-again. That's literally a term like on again a, off again relationship I, oh my god i'm learning so much also that's a great song by maggie rogers what on, on again off, off again on and off again on and off again maybe that's what it's about shout out to maggie rogers no i don't think that's what it's about <laughs> <laughs> even if it's not shout out to maggie rogers <laughs> i still think you're really cool okay hannah hart yes I like to always say Hannah Hart's full name. I, I know, know and I always say Hannah Gelb, but we, out of anyone on the planet, don't need to. I know, but it's just, it's like, 
it's like a part of who you are. I don't know. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel the exact same way. Ah, yay. Um, Hannah Hart. Yes. Will you tell us about the first ex you ever had sex with? Well, doctor. <laughs> I, I just feel so official now. Okay, so I just, I, you know, and honestly, it wasn't until prepping for this podcast that I realized that I had sex. I have had sex with all of my exes. I actually, I think, except one. I think except one. Well, that must be growth. Or not. I don't know. No judgment. <laughs> okay, so yes. Okay, so the first time uh, I ever had sex with an ex. Okay, picture this. We're at UC Berkeley. Oh. The year is 2008. I'm a young, closeted gay who's very uncomfortable with her sexuality and has been dumped two years prior by the same person that I would have sex with uh, soon. So basically... Should we talk about the fact that kind of the reason we became friends is because we met in japan we met because I was she gr- dumped you while we were in japan and you were like i have to talk to somebody about this and you know what gelb i think you're totally right and luckily it was me that is the origin of our friendship right before hannah and i met we were both hannah and i met doing study abroad in japan and i um was nursing a very very recent as in like the day i left heartbreak with my first ever relationship with the person of the same sex which turned out was going to be a big deal for my whole life. And I was in the closet, and I was devastated. And it Hannah, really colored your whole trip. I, w- I lost 20 pounds. Dude, I've got photos. <laughs> we'll put those up online later. <laughs> Point of reference. Um, and I turned to you, Hannah Gell, because you always made me laugh. And I think you were, like, the first person I ever, like, came out to in my life that wasn't somebody that was there knowing I was dating a girl. Wow. I know. Oh I'm so God. honored, especially because oh. I was so awful. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah didn't necessarily know how to coach someone through a heartbreak at the time. Well, at that point, I'd never been in a relationship. Yeah. I was like, oh, have you tried not being sad? What if your heart wasn't ripped from your <laughs> chest? Picture this. No, it was perfect. You always made me laugh. And I think that that was really like the formative root of our friendship is that I could talk to you about anything and you would not judge me and encourage me and be honest with me about your replies. You know, it's not like you were trying to tell me what to do. You were just there with me on the journey. And that's the kind of friendship I really value. Bro. Dude. Dude. Okay, so here's the story. Here's the deal, guys. So I got dumped uh, in 2006. I was heartbroken. I chased after this person for... Uh, the remainder of my college career, I think I was her only relationship with a girl to date. Uh, and at the time, I felt really, really bad about that. So I'm grad- we're seniors now in college. We haven't been together in two years. And suddenly, she's in... This is just so terrible. Oh, God, Hannah, what were you doing? <laughs> I find out that she's in the vagina monologues. And in my mind, I was like, oh, she's in the vagina monologues? That probably means she's open to further experimentation. Well, (laughs) I should definitely reinsert myself in this person's life. So we became... To be fair, I feel like someone else could make that same leap. I'm just saying. Yeah, right? Yeah. And plus, I just really... I just had never gotten over her. But I also had never really tried to get over her because so much of what she represented in my life was not being gay, just being in love with this one person. So I really needed this one person to work out. Mm -hmm. Now, since the breakup, I had had sex with men. I had had sex with other women. I was really trying to figure out kind of who I was, what my body was, who I liked, who I loved, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway... There we were. It was the closing night of the vagina monologues. We had always had classes together. We were still friendly. You know, we spent a lot of time together for people that had just broken up. We go back to my, you know. I'm sorry, but that is just so weirdly cute that setting the stage for the story is you guys go, like, 
you being at the vagina monologues, monologues, and her performing in the vagina monologues. It's like, yeah, you guys are so good at being queer. I know. Well, I mean, (laughs) get ready for the rest. So uh, like so like I had said, uh, I had had sex with other partners before. And so I had now kind of learned a couple things, a trick or two. I'd learned about what I liked. I'd had an orgasm for the first time. It was great because in our previous relationship, that had never happened. Uh, So that's a spoiler alert for how the sex goes. So... (laughs) It's after the vagina monologues. I'm like, yeah, this is my chance. And we go back to my place. I can tell, like, from the vibe she's giving, she's totally down. We have wine. We're both over 21 in college. It's our senior year. It's pretty much going to be no strings attached. I'm no longer in love with this person. I'm just really doing this to prove something to myself, you know? And I remember as, like, we were getting closer and closer to, like, hooking up, thinking in my head, what? do I even really want to do this? And then I was like, no, of course you do. You know? Mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. like anger. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, I want to prove a point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So were you, you were trying to get some kind of external validation? Yeah, dude. That you were, you're attractive or lovable or? That she, that, uh, that she could be attracted to me again. Mm-hmm. You know? Like ah. I wanted to, because I had like hyped up her kiss in my mind and hyped up our intimacy in my mind so much so it was like i'm gonna prove that we really did have a special connection and this was really special and we're really good at making out yeah blah 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 so anyway the sex happens we're in the moment go for it and it was terrible it was nothing like how i remembered or imagined it Mm -hmm. it was we totally weren't connected we weren't Mm -hmm. syncing up Mm -hmm. i was like i felt like i was observing myself perform oh you were like just all in your head i was just all in my head and like she was having a good time uh because i know what i'm doing but (laughs) i also now that i had had experience with other women i was like wait this isn't very reciprocal you know and that kind of really like killed the fantasy for me it was no longer i can say like in that moment i got closure to be completely honest because then by the time you and I lived together, right after I graduated college when we moved to San Francisco, mm-hmm. I was pretty much over her, right? Mm-hmm. But during college, how much not over her was I? Oh, not over at all. Not over at all. Like so crazy levels not of over. not over. <laughs> right? So then, yeah. so for me, the first time I had sex with an ex and that time I had sex with that ex in particular was actually really good. It was a really positive experience. Wow. Yeah. So you think when you realize that she wasn't really in it for you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this isn't really a relationship. Yeah. This is the kind of relationship I want. This right. Is- yeah. And having had um, intimate relations, I'm an old person. I'm just <laughs> having canoodled. Um, having had sex with other women, I realized that I was just attracted to women. It wasn't just this one woman because mm-hmm. other people who I had less of like an emotional connection with, I had had better sex with at that point. So ah. that for me is a part of my coming out journey was mm-hmm. really important. So when you realized what was going on, what were you feeling? Were you like relieved or was it like very sad or relief? Was it like a mix of things? Was there any like loss? I definitely did not feel relief in that moment. Yeah, it would be something more akin to loss and more of like, you know, that moment where you're like, oh, that feeling of like, what? Like your paradigm shift. My Mm. paradigm was shifting. Mm -hmm. That's what I was feeling in that Mm -hmm. moment. And then I was sad. 
But then now when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, yay. That actually probably was really essential to providing me with closure. Mm -hmm. It just kind of took the the what if out of it. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, Mm -hmm. this. Yay! Thanks, dude. I'm so into this. Not Our, just because we're doing this podcast together. I'm like, wow, I'm really enjoying this conversation with you, Hannah Hart. Oh, thank you, Hannah <laughs> Gum. But you've got a story of your own to share. Yes, I do. Paint the picture for uh, us. Give us give us a little bit of background about you and let's let's say Jay. Jack. Jack. Great. I like Jack. Okay. So give us the background about you and Jack. When did you guys start dating, et cetera? Okay, so I actually knew of Jack when we were in Japan. Yeah, I was is... like lightly stalking him a little bit on Facebook. You had shown me pictures of Jack, even though you guys had only moderately interacted, right? Never, never, never interacted. You never interacted? No, my good friend in college was like, she told me about him because she was like, God, there's this guy in my class and he's really cute and tall and shy kind of and very handsome mm-hmm. yeah very very cute and very soft-spoken really cute mm-hmm. so cute you know dude i remember one time when your sister met him she was like just don't look at him oh yeah that's, <laughs> that's the only way just, yeah. just don't look at him like, <laughs> my sister when she met jack could not look at him and talk she would have to look away and then that would be it Oh, it's such oh, good God. times. So Hannah was lusting over this guy via Facebook well, from afar. Well, that's strong language. <laughs> but then I think I- at this point in my life, I was more like, <laughs> yeah, true. Because had you ever had sex with anyone? No, I was a maid. She was but a maid. So what happened when you got back from Japan? So funnily enough, Jack moved in next door to where <gasps> I was living. Fate has yes. played. And end. he was actually with someone at the time. <gasps> so it worked out in this very strange way that I'm like, this will never happen again, which is why I will be single for the rest of my life. But because he had a girlfriend, I thought to myself, oh, well, he's not available. I can't. Because normally when I like someone, I'm like. She's just staring blankly. <laughs> and devastated. Yeah. She's very nervous. She's like, I'm. I she can't can't talk, you know, but since he was not available, I was just my charming usual self. Since um, he was off the market, it gave you a chance to just be yourself around him. Right. Yeah. Wow. Still thought he was super cute. Yeah. And super sweet. Um, he's those things. <laughs> That's weird to say. He's married now. Anyways, <laughs> we met, let's say, I think in like January of twenty of 2007. Yep. And by June, he and his girlfriend had broken up. That was his high school girlfriend. Wow. So that was like a big breakup for him. Yeah. I think that that was his first relationship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were just hanging out and we got together. And that was your first boyfriend? My first boyfriend. My first, the first person I'd ever slept with, the first person I'd ever loved. My first relationship. And how long were you guys together? Six years. Six years! Yeah. That's a while. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't work out. It didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. And so then what about the sex? How was the <laughs> sex? Did you guys have sex? Did you have sex with your ex? <laughs> well, oh, God, this is so embarrassing. Okay. So I think about, I mean, when we broke up, I was devastated. Truly. I mean, for the first six months, I was in complete denial. I was like, oh, well, we'll just take a break and then we'll get back together. True love. Meanwhile, he's like, oh, thank God. No. (laughs) But I had this great paradigm shift moment when I slept with someone else. And it was literally like, what? I was like, there are other men out there. Wait, how long after the breakup till you slept with someone else? It was a lot. I mean, it was like six months, seven months. That's not that long. That's that's fine. 
Six or seven months? I could be miscalculating. It might have been like 13 months. No, that's not possible. <laughs> um, okay. I'm that's, Hannah's, like... that's Hannah's I love dick laugh. <laughs> oh, God. No, that's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say six, seven months. Okay. And then more time went by, and I was really, like, making progress, I think, and being, like, fi- like in the acceptance stages. And I went back to San Francisco, which is where we had lived together. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you had moved. So you left San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, I basically lost, like, everything in mm. that breakup. Because you like, guys lived together. We lived together, and I was so not capable of taking care of myself. So when we broke up, I just moved home with my parents. It was like I lost San Francisco, who I'm still in love with. <laughs> she will never... Take me back. So you moved back in with your parents? Moved back in with my parents, which was, I mean, I was 29, so that was embarrassing. No offense to anyone out there. It's tough times. It was a huge, every demonstration. Did you have a job at the time? Uh, No. No, I didn't have a job. I got a part-time job, but I was like... So you were in a pretty rough place. I was in a really bad place. Yeah, and not to mention the time after college is a difficult place no matter what, and you're as you're finding yourself during those transitions, for anybody who's listening who might be in their mid-20s, late-20s, etc., it is tough. Your 20s are a really great decade of your life. You should read this book called The Defining Decade, if you want to make the most of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good, great decade of your life to learn about yourself. And Also, please be nice to yourself. Yes. You're such a baby. I remember when I turned 25, I was like, oh, I'm such a loser. <laughs> I was like, you're 25. I wish I'd been like, I'm going to go to Spain and just like fart around for a while. Yeah, I know. Literally, you can just fuck up until you're 30. Yeah. And then after that, you should, you know. Actually, you can, I mean, you can still fuck up after that if you want. If you choose to. to you. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Okay, so you're you're visiting San Francisco for the first time since the breakup. I'm visiting. I can't even remember. I think I was there for a reason, but we arranged to get dinner. So it's the first time I've seen him in like a year, I guess. Uh, and we had dinner. It f- felt really nice. It just felt like we were friends. Like, it felt like all the good things of the relationship were there. And it was just a really nice, fun dinner. And then um, we went to a bar afterwards. And I should probably say, when a man invites me to a bar, I assume that they want to have sex with me. That could be an unfair assumption on my part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we got to talk consent here, you know. <laughs> Uh, it's all about consent, Gilby. That's right. You know, it's different for everyone. Different and for everyone. I think, actually, I had just heard so much about the post-breakup sex. I was like, well, this is just like a rite of passage. Like, I just want, I just need this to be part of my story. Mm-hmm. So I, like, came on to him, and he was like, I don't want to do that. Paint a picture. Tell us everything. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean. Are you guys sitting at the bar? Are you sitting at a table? Oh, I think we had a table. Uh, it might have been a weeknight, so it wasn't very crowded. So we get a beer. I mean, I remember having, like, a whole beer, like, sipping a beer. So Mm -hmm. we must have been there for, like, an hour or two. Yeah. Honestly, cannot remember what we talked about. But I do remember (laughs) deciding that I would make a move. So I kind of, like, leaned in and started kissing his neck. Oh, my God. God, this is so and he, he, uh, just like didn't do anything. He just stood still while you were like nuzzling him. While we were sitting, yeah. He, he basically, just sat still. Yeah, and you know, I think I even I asked him, "Would you like to have sex?" <laughs> well, that's you checking hoping, for consent, right? Right. I'm not exactly. 
Why do you say no? He said, I think it would feel really good, but not emotionally. Classic. Which I have to say is like, Classic oh, Jack. I mean, I got to respect that. Like, <laughs> wow. It's so classic. So classic. <laughs> People know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Wow, what a nice guy. But, yes, but, but get, like, thank God he said no. Like, that would have really probably messed me up if we did have sex. Jeez, sex with an ex. I would just like to say, as a woman... You're just told from day one of your life, the only thing men think about is sex. That's all they want. They will do anything to get it. So if a man turns you down, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> literally worth nothing because all of my worth is based on how desirable I am. I'm not condoning this. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. No, that is what society that's teaches us. what it just happens. Yeah. If man turns you- so it just hurt a little bit extra is all I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, that would be very devastating. I mean, you know, fucking exes, man. It's like, that's, is that a risk you're willing to take? You know? And if is it a risk you should even take? It sounds like it really depends on the circumstance and the person and the mm-hmm. people involved. I wanted to have like that check mark. On the box. Yeah. You know? Well, you still can. You will probably break up with another person. <laughs> That's true. Or you got... No, you probably won't sleep together ever. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So now, because it's Valentine's Day, and uh, because we're all thinking and talking about past relationships, Hannah and I were trying to think of a way that we could have, I don't know, like a little room for closure or something to... To kind of help us take our past selves into our present state, if that makes any sense. And what's something that people always do around Valentine's Day? Drunk dialing. Drunk dialing your ex. People always drunk dial. They drunk text. Actually, I guess people text. Most people don't even need a holiday to drunk text or call their ex. Have you ever drunk dialed, drunk texted? Have you ever sent a slew of information to somebody that you regret? Specifically your ex. Specifically Jack. I don't think I ever did. Good. That's yeah, probably for But the you best. know, I did once drunk text my therapist. Oh my God. Hannah, another podcast, a different day. <laughs> that is a whole thing. And honestly, that's the one I'm the most proud of. <laughs> so take that uh, as you will, oh, you guys, people out there. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast because when we talk about that, you're going to want to hear it. <laughs> okay. But we were trying to think. A big part of Analyze This is to do an activity or some sort of testing of a self-help technique. Now, drunk dialing is not a self-help technique at all, but we did think of a way that we could do it that might actually be helpful to ourselves. You know, and I think we should say, at first, we were planning to call the exes themselves. But I think this is so much better. Myself included, a lot of people are really guilty of drunk dialing around Valentine's Day. So... Instead of calling your ex and saying a bunch of projections about your identity that you will eventually regret and completely emotionally dysregulating yourself, let's do the opposite. What I propose, and you guys should try this if you're listening at home, you guys should try this too, is that we pop open this bottle of wine and leave a voicemail to ourselves in the past and let them know that it gets better, baby. And I actually have written here, and affirm and validate the pains of our past, younger, more foolish baby infant selves by sending a voicemail their way. Oh, I love it. And I love we it. actually have a bottle of wine. We do. <laughs> I just brought it from home. Uh, oh, that was good. That was, that was great. Look, we're making our own Foley. 
Oh, did oh you? my God, I want a new career. Um, cheers, my dear. Thank you. Cheers. Hey, happy official first episode of the show. Oh my gosh, happy first official episode of the show. Dink. Dreams. Clink. Ah, that is a fine, previously opened Pinot. <laughs> I was going to say, this is a red. This is a red wine. With notes of vinegar and oxidation. Mm-hmm. Oxidization. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment. Let me know which one it is. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, okay. It's 10 years later. 2018, Hannah. Hello, you've reached Hannah Hart. The year is 2008, and if you are someone with an entry-level position at any company, please leave a message after the beep. Hey, Hannah. It's me, Hannah. Da, 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 da. Uh, I just wanted to leave you a message letting you know a couple fun facts about your future and about your present. Fun fact number one, in the future, you're totally super gay. And it's A-OK. Did you know gay people can get married now? America! Ugh. Well, America's in a difficult spot. It's 2018. Our president, oh, we have a, we have a whole kit and caboodle about it. But this isn't about America. This is about you, my friend. What I really wanted to say is to let you know that it's okay to accept yourself for who you really are. And I know you want this person to tell you who you are, but they can't and they won't. So that's something you're going to have to learn by listening to yourself. I love you, dude. You're doing great. Hang in there. And in the future, you shave off a lot of your hair, but it looks fantastic. Oh my gosh. Click. Yay. Well done. Wow. I'm going to go ahead and say that mine's going to be a lot longer and more serious sounding. Perfect. I love a foil. (laughs) Hi, this is Hannah in uh, 2013. I am at rock bottom. Just absolute, absolute rock bottom. And uh, if you would like to leave a message, you can. I probably won't get back to you because I am uh, busy not moving and staring at the ceiling. Hello. Uh, uh, hey, this is present Anna here. I've been thinking about the fact that even after all this time since this breakup that happened in 2013, uh, you still sometimes long for some kind of resolution or closure with Jack. Like you still wish that he would call and just say, I'm sorry for breaking your heart. I'm sorry I couldn't love you exactly as you were. And I'm sorry for making you feel like You were too depressed and unpleasant to be lovable. And I think you imagine that if Jack called you and said those things, you would feel this validation that you long for. But I have realized with help from others and time that you can only feel as unlovable as much as you don't love yourself. So I have a suspicion that these feelings that come up from time to time, that no one will ever love you, blah, 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 they don't have anything to do with jack and the breakup they only have to do with you so here's what i'm thinking i am going to give you i hannah gelb i'm going to give you hannah gelb the apology you've always wanted ever since this breakup happened so here it is i'm sorry (laughs) i'm sorry i broke your heart i'm sorry i stopped taking care of you and abandoned you and watched you play Skyrim for 15 hours a day and never leave the apartment, and somehow I didn't notice you were not well and needed help. But most of all, I'm sorry I have never truly accepted and loved you exactly as you are, and I'm sorry I still reject you all the time and tell you you need to be better in some way before I can love you. So I'm going to try and behave better 
and treat you with the love and respect that you deserve. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to happen, but I think this is a good place to start. Love, Hannah. <laughs> Hannah, go. I love you, man. Oh, God. That to was... be fair, Skyrim is addicting. Open world oh. games are very dangerous. Oh, it's the best. I played Assassin's Creed 10 hours yesterday. Oh, yesterday, really? Hannah. I'm busy. <laughs> you are. You're really busy. I shouldn't have done that. I did it all day. I hurt my neck. Well, sometimes it's what you need. Sometimes it's not what you need. Dude, I think that was really beautiful. I really loved that you said you're going to give yourself the apology that you always wanted and the apology that you deserved. You know, to take care of yourself, to love you for exactly as you are and to offer and to, to know you well enough to see when you need help, to see when you need support, to know that this 12 hours a day Skyrim, Hannah, isn't the best version of you. Mm-hmm. To expect more, you know? And at the same time, no pressure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That yeah. is beautiful. Dude, you got to save that. You got to save that letter. Oh, you know, I think I will save it. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. No problem, pal. I have to say, I really got this idea from my dear friend who's a social worker. And she was saying, whatever it is you imagine you need from another person, if you can somehow find a way to give it to yourself, it's going to be so much more powerful. Obviously. Because mm. external validation never lasts. You always need more. That's mm. just how it works. So, yeah. That's beautiful, dude. Yeah. I think I'm going to actively try and do that. It's hard because normally when we have a need from someone else, we just give ourselves the anger and resentment. You know, I internalize a lot of my anger and I'm like, mm-hmm. instead of giving myself the thing I need, which might be a little bit more support. Right. Yeah. Well, it feels very weird and hokey and stupid and we're not used to it we don't know how to do it we're not taught how to treat ourselves well we're not taught but we're learning anyway yes we're trying yes that's what this podcast is all about yes it is another day (laughs) adventuring and trying thank you guys so much for listening if you guys haven't already make sure you subscribe to analyze this or you guys can follow me at harto h-a-r-t-o and please don't forget to rate review and share maybe leave a star or two maybe leave five stars oh and be sure to come back next week when Hannah and I... We're doing something very exciting and weird and scary. We are going to go inside of a sensory deprivation tank, also known as a float tank, or as Hannah does not like it to be called, an isolation chamber. Watery coffin, <laughs> here we come. <laughs> See you guys then. I hope we'll be okay. Bye. Yay, bye. Bye, earbuds. I'm, I'm waving. I'm waving too. <laughs> you know where we can't wave? Inside the isolation chamber. No. You can only go in. God.